Welcome to the Crux Podcast and Sermon of the Week. For more information about the Crux Ministries and Summit Church, please visit us at summitsanmarcos.com. But yeah, I'm going to talk, I just want to give a little bit, and then I kind of want to pray and stir us up, because when I was prepping for this message, I was like getting so excited. Getting so excited. Uh, I just feel like, I feel like I really want to stir us up this morning. Like, I know that our theme is passion, and like, worship was so, like, awesome, like, so passionate, so full of the Lord. Um, But this morning, we're going to talk about passion for Jesus. Um, And if I spontaneously start crying randomly, it's possible. Uh, I really love Jesus, guys. Like, he's the absolute best thing that has happened to us. And I think it's so important that we cultivate a passion for him. And one of the things that I'm I'm very passionate about and being passionate for Jesus is that if we're going to be passionate for him, we've got to spend time with him. We have to build a relationship with him. And so I just kind of want to talk about the importance of having a passion for him this morning, why we're going to do it, and kind of how the examples that we have and how we're going to stir that up. Um, but everybody just open your hands. Open your hands. And say, Lord, 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 stir a passion in my heart. Stir a passion in my heart. Stir it for Jesus. Stir it for Jesus. Show me your passion. Show me your passion. Show me your love. Show me your love. And stir it up again. stir it up again. Lord, yeah, God, I thank you so much this morning that you would just stir a passion in our hearts for you, God, that we would walk away with so much excitement and zeal and fire for you again, God. That we would be reminded of why we love you so much. That we would be reminded, and we wouldn't be distracted by the crap that's going on, the stuff that's happening, but that we'd be reminded that why we came to you in the first place, that who you are, the thing that stirred stirred and turned our hearts to you. So I thank you, God. We just give you glory in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, and I just really, when uh, we started talking about passion and say, you know, kind of praying more into what, I just really felt the importance to talk about having a passion for Jesus. Um, and we're talking about this a little bit in our connect group, or our connect group, a little, little plug here, is all about, like, the life of Jesus. And uh, one of the reasons, Monday's the 7th, thank you, David, now. And uh, <laughs> one of the reasons for that is I just really, and Dominic and I really believe, like, if you, how do you get to know somebody better? You spend time with them, right? You connect, you learn about them and their personality in order to have a better relationship. So if we are going to have a better relationship with Jesus, if we're going to stir a passion for him in our hearts, we have to get to know him better. We have to get to know his personality, his tendencies, who we are. And I think that people are like, well, how is that possible? Because he's like in heaven and we're here and he's like not physically here. You can get all theological about it, but the reality is, is he is here. He's with us all the time. And the most important thing is like the things, everything we need to know is in the Bible. Like the story of his life shares so many things and we can see how he handled conflict, how he handled um, people who came to him with really gnarly stuff, how he handled, you know, like, I mean, anything you can, almost anything you can think of, you can see how Jesus responded to these situations. And sometimes you can see the most about somebody and how they respond to a problem, how they respond to a conflict how they respond to situations in their lives are sometimes the moments you see the truth the most, right? So the more time we spend in the Bible, the more time we spend um, getting to know who he is uh, really causes us to, to know him better. Mike Bickle has this quote that I loved. It says, seeing the passion of God's personality will help bring you to a personal wholeness and spiritual maturity. It will awaken a stronger devotion to God and a passion for Jesus. 
So seeing who God is and in, in his personality helps us to understand better, but also helps us to stir up a passion and a hunger to know him better and to have a deeper relationship with him. And so how do we know that this is so important? Why is it so important that Jesus is our main passion, our main focus? He actually talks about it in Matthew 22, 36 to 40. It says, um, so he's like having a conversation uh, with, with people. And it says, uh, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So right there, Jesus literally says the most important thing we should do is love God. The most important thing we can do is love him. And that everything is based off of loving him and loving one another. And then the Passion Translation also says it really fabulous. So it says, Jesus answered them, love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all of the energy of your being, and with every thought that is within you. This is the great and supreme commandment. And the second is like it in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Contained within these commandments to love you, you will find all of the meaning of the law of the prophets. Jesus said the most important thing we can ever do is to love him and to love God. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that in that in that answer, in loving him and in loving one another, we will find the answer to everything else. Yeah. And it says everything in the law is based off of these things. Meaning that the more important, like, and this sometimes I think is a struggle because I think that we think we're like, oh, the most important thing I can do is like, is do works for God and like tell people about him, right? We think that it's all about these things that we have to do which is obviously important, but it says it's not about work so that none may boast. Jesus himself said the most important thing you could do is love me. Like if Jesus is telling you the most important thing you can do is love him, then that means the most important thing you're going to do in your life is love him. Like if I leave this earth with the thing that is remembered about me is that I love Jesus, praise the Lord. Like that is what I want. Like more than anything else on the face of the planet, more than the salvation of a nation, more than whatever like i want people to know how much i love jesus like i don't care about anything else like it doesn't matter because if i did not show the love of jesus in my life then like i did something wrong you know like and that's not to make you be like oh my gosh like whatever like am i showing the love of the lord but like but really our goal should be that in everything that we do the love of god is demonstrated in every action in every response to situation we're not going to be perfect we make mistakes but how are you if you go back and make hey i own I, i'm sorry i own that yeah. or whatever however that needs to be showing the love of god is is the most important thing which is why being so passionate about him is so important yeah. And it's possible. The thing is, is like we are actually designed to love. Yeah. And I think that's why we battle so many things in this world is because God created us to desire him. We have the free choice to choose our relationship with God. We are not forced into it. We are not said, hey, this you must choose him. We are created with a desire to seek out love and to, to feel love because God put that in us to come to him. But there's all this junk that gets in the way right all these things in the world get in the way that make it really difficult to see that Mm. and sometimes it's difficult to be like you know the whole reason was so that i could i could love god more than anything else but then all this stuff comes in the way and all these distractions and we forget that 
And we're like, well, I have this desire. It's because you were designed to love and have a desire to love Jesus. Sometimes we just put the wrong thing in the God spot. Yeah. Wow. And the thing is, is the reason that we are able to love, the reason that we can even come to him is because he loved us first. Amen. None of this is possible. We cannot come to the Lord all by our jolly selves. Like we have to like praise the Lord for Jesus because he is that bridge that takes us to God. Like he is like, I, uh, I think this was like, I worked at fun fact. I worked at C to eight. Does anyone know when I met you guys? Yeah. Years ago. It's a clothing, it's a Christian clothing store that doesn't exist anymore. The NOTW stickers. This is like a decade ago. I know. So like the NOTW stickers, I worked in the store and we had this shirt uh, that was like the picture of a cross as a bridge and like it was talking about like, and I've always, every time I think of Jesus as a bridge, I think of this because it's like literally the picture of a cross and it's like showing how like it's the bridge to heaven. Like Jesus literally like, they, I think the pit is like a whatever, like mountain, hillside, whatever, and then like boom, the cross lays down so that we can walk over it. Like literally there was this gap between us and God. And you said, okay, I'm going to lay down my life so that you can walk <laughs> through me to get to God. And so we aren't able to love without him loving us first. Some of my favorite passages in First uh, John 4, 13 and 19. This is NIV. And it says, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. Excuse me. It's 1 John 4, 13 and 19. And then moving on to the next verse, it says, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In the world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, for perfect love drives out all fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. Has anyone tried to come to Jesus on your own? Or tried to like... Go like, no, I gotta get right before I come to you, Lord. Like, that's me all the time. I'm like, no, 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 God, it's okay. Like, I'll handle my problem and then I'll come to you and like show you what I did. And he's like, you know, that's actually not what I want you to do. I actually wanna do it with you. Like, and it's gonna be a lot easier for you if we do it together. Like, you're, it's gonna be so much easier. Cause I wanna be like, you know, like, I work in a performance based industry. So I wanna come and be like, look what I did. Isn't this great? And God's like, I wanted to do that with you. I don't want you to do it by yourself. It's actually a lot harder when you do it by yourself. It's much easier if you let me in on the process. You let me in on where you're at, and I can help you carry the burden. That's That's that whole, like, I'm just just going to go here because this is a tangent, but I'm just going to go here for a second. It's that whole, like, that mentality where we think, no, I got it, like, I'm, I'm going to go here too because I'm one of those people. What about like all like all of us girls who are like, no, I don't need any help carrying my bags. Leave me alone. I know it's heavy and I'm struggling, but just don't help me. Right? We like, right? It's true. Like it happens. But like, it would be a lot easier if we just like let somebody help us. I mean, I'm the only person that has a problem asking for help in the room. Please tell me about no, it. No, leave me alone. Thank you. Leave me alone, man. But 
the reality is, is like sometimes to not ask for help is actually very foolish on our part. Like, it would actually be so much easier if we just let somebody help us or we let somebody in. And then going back to that, letting the Lord into our process and letting the Lord help us through like whatever situation we're going to be. I was a side tangent, but like, it's just true. Reality is, is we need to stop being prideful and we need to let ourselves get help. Yes. That includes from friends and from the Lord. Yes. We, we, we shouldn't do it on our own. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Lord, Jesus shattered every barrier so that we could come to him. He took down every wall. He shattered every barrier and he moved every mountain to get to you and he does it every time yeah. we put another one up or something happens and we are like oh i don't know that i'm real or whatever he comes in again and again and again and he never stops laying that bridge down or moving oh, yeah. things over so that we can get to him so he actually has a greater passion for us than we do for him yeah. and true. he demonstrates oh. that in the way that he went to the cross wow. and i didn't write some of these scriptures down and i'm regretting it but like there is, like, it actually, the scriptures talk about, like, how he never, like, he didn't give up. Like, he never stopped. He didn't waver. Like, he did not, like, say, like, hold on, I need a deep breath before I can keep going. Like, he pursued yes. constantly to the cross, bearing all of our sin, bearing all of our sickness, bearing, bearing everything of the whole earth world. He carried it all. <laughs> for, for everything, past, present, and future. All yeah, of that was on yeah, his shoulders, and he yeah. didn't once stop. Yeah. He did not once stop. Yeah. Like, his passion for us and his passion to see us connected with our Father is insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. if we, like, can take a minute and think, like, how hard we work at the thing that we're most passionate about, right? Mm-hmm. Each and every one of us has something in the room that we are incredibly passionate about. And think how hard we work towards this thing that we're passionate about. Now multiply that times like a hundred billion and like with the deepest love that you could beyond imagine and then, and laying down your life for that. Like that is what Jesus did. He took his passion for each and every one of us, his love for each and every one of us. And he carried it to the cross for the sake of us having the opportunity to know him. Our passion for Jesus starts with him because he showed us how to be passionate. He showed us how to love. He showed us and demonstrated in his life how we can like and and honestly like i don't like why we need to (laughs) like right like he doesn't really give us a reason not to like he over and over again demonstrates love he over and over again demonstrates passion and putting people first like he shows what a good god he is he shows what a good bridegroom he is Mm -hmm. like he did everything to show to woo us in and to Mm -hmm. to like to find a way to woo our hearts and connect us to him I think that sometimes it's, we think, like, it's so important to think of it as, like, like God the Father. But I think that sometimes we neglect, like, the importance of looking at Jesus as the groom. You know, like, that's what he is. He's the groom to the church. Like, we're his bridegroom. You know, regardless of if you're male or female, you're the bride of Jesus. Like, and it's actually really beautiful. And I think that we need to allow ourselves to be wooed by him and to yeah, him to captivate our hearts and draw us in. Because that's exactly what he wants to do. 1 John 4.12 says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Wow. And it kind of goes back to a little bit of what I was saying earlier. is When we continue to love other people, we are demonstrating a passion for Jesus. We are demonstrating who he is and sharing him to others. The amazing thing is, is that like, 
sometimes, I don't know about anyone else, it's very difficult to love people. Right? We face challenges where, you know, like people push our buttons. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's a stranger at work. I don't know. But we get faced with a challenge of like, how do we, how do we love people better? And I don't know about you guys, but I want to be, I want to respond better to those situations. Because it's really difficult and easy to want to be like, you're being mean, I'm being mean right back to you. (laughs) Like, you're copping an attitude, I'm going to cop an attitude back. But what if we, like, worked really hard at responding to everybody out of love? Mm -hmm. Like, how much does that demonstrate the Lord? And I think that there's, and the thing is, is like, when we, if we want to be more successful in loving people, We've got to spend time with God so that we can get a hold of his heart. Yeah. Right. Because we've got to see, like, Lord, what is your heart for that person? Mm-hmm. Because if you died for everybody, not just me, no matter how mean this person's yeah. being. Like, no matter what they've walked through, no matter what bad decisions in life that they've made. Like, God, you died for them, too. So show me. Like, show me why. Show me what it is about them that you love them. Yeah. And the more you spend time and the more you, like, dialogue about that part, like, the more you're going to catch his heart just naturally for people. Yeah. Like, the more that you're going to really learn to love people and see them the way that God sees them. And it's going to stir a greater passion in your heart for Jesus because you begin to see the passion and the compassion that he has for people other than yourself. <laughs> because it's really important that we know the passion and the compassion that he has for us. That's really important. But in order to continue to understand better and the different like facets of who Jesus is and the depth of who he is, we have to understand why he loves everybody else. So We've got to understand what is it about him that like loves that that he loves. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna share this moment real quick. Dominic and I were this is like me being like that and the Lord rebuking me because of how much he loves Dominic. So Dominic and I were in the middle of like a heated discussion and marriage is true. And Dominic was like going on and on and I was like, okay, like I I get it. And Lord, I was like, I was like, Lord, he is really long-winded. And God just straight and like Dominic's like sharing his heart, right? But I was like, okay, I get the point. Let's move this conversation forward. And the Lord's like, I actually really love that he's long-winded. And it like wrecked me because I was like, I'm sorry, like check my heart was totally in the wrong place right then. Like I was all about like, let's resolve this, let's move forward, let's go, let's go eat dinner, you know, or whatever it was. And God's like, I actually really love that he's long-winded. Like, I really love that he talks. And I realized that, like, remember how excited you were tonight? Everybody take a nap. Sorry, I can't That was good. You know, but like, you know, because it's just, it's funny because it's like I'm I'm a verbal processor, Dominic's not, so I'm always trying to get him to like explain to me more, and then he finally does, and I was like, Lord, and the Lord's like, I love that he's hungry, I love that he has so much to say, and that he thinks through everything, like, and that is honestly like that's something I really love about Dominic. He thinks about everything before he says it, and like so, and like what, like, and the Lord loves that about him, and I was totally missing out on the point of like that moment of like reconciliation, and like coming together after the argument, and the Lord is like, I love that about him, like why, like don't, don't miss out on this thing, 
And it, like, taught me how to even love him better. Because you're right. I'm like, God loves that about him. You know? Like, Dominic loves stories. We all know how much Dominic loves stories. And the Lord loves that. Dominic loves stories. You know? Like, the Lord loves the things that we're passionate about. And when we take the time to get to know what, what people are passionate about... And the things that make them excited about Jesus and the things about who they are, and we understand how the Lord sees that, it stirs a greater passion in my heart. Because I then was like, I was like weeping with like greater love for the Lord for how much the Lord loves my husband. Yeah. That was like amazing to me. Like I, you know, like, and I know not everyone in the room is married. So like, don't take this as whatever, but like, like I was so like stirred by like, wow, like the people that I love, like you love them more than I do. Like, and it, it like blew my mind. Cause like, you know that, right? We like see it on paper. We know in our head, like that Jesus loves everybody, but like to wow. see it firsthand, like made me like fall in, lo- in love with the Lord all over again. Cause I was like, gosh, like you're right. Like you love these really beautiful, intricate parts about people that sometimes we don't always get to see. Yeah. Like, God, that's amazing. Like, oh my gosh, like Lord, thank you that you pay so much attention to each and every one of us. That you pay attention to the things that we care about. And that you pay attention to, like... And that's something I, like, notice is, like, God... uh, God, like, is our greatest defender. Like, he is our greatest defender. He is our greatest coach. He's our greatest champion. He's our biggest fan. Mm -hmm. And he loves all these things. And every time I find myself challenged with something with somebody, I'm always like, okay, God, like, is this... Like, you really love that about that person. Mm -hmm. You really love how spontaneous that person is. You really love how organized that person is. You really love that this person is really vulnerable. You really love that this person, you know, I don't know, whatever it might be. And when we start to get to know those around us and we demonstrate the love of God by getting to know people, we see a greater love for God and it stirs a passion in our hearts because we're like, gosh, like God is so like multifaceted, you know, it's so easy to kind of get streamlined in our perception of the Lord and like in our kind of like one ways of thinking. And like one of my favorite, I'm going to plug Connect Group again. One of my favorite things about Connect Group right now is that we're all just like talking about how we're interpreting the scripture and like what it means to us. And it's so cool because it gives everyone, because like everybody sees different things. Like Thomas brought this thing up a couple weeks ago that I was like, I've never thought of that. Like my mind was blown by, I don't even remember what it was right now, but it was so good. And I was like, I kept going like Thomas, that is crazy. Like it was so good. And like we need, it is so important for us to have the body of Christ and to partner together for us to have even more stirring up a passion for Jesus because we get to see Jesus different in Joel and in David and in Susan and then in Lauren and Avery. Like each of us represent a different part of him. Like, and that's why it's so important to surround ourselves with community. And it's going to stir passion in your heart for Jesus because now you're going to see Jesus new in each person. Yeah. You're like, I never would have thought of this situation that way. I never would have would have looked at the scriptures this way. I never would have. And it's so important to have team and family. Yeah. Like, and to, to have that to fall back on and be like, wow, like, I would not have perceived things that way. And some of us who are like Uber leaders, we're like, this is our way. I don't really care. But it's like, when we get pulled back and we're like, we have, like, and this is something, like, I've really learned in, like, being in the business that I'm in and, like, sitting and dialoguing about different people's opinions or how we should respond to something. I was like, oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Like, it's so silly that we wouldn't, like, you know, you can't do that about everything. Like, we can't have a dialogue about every single, you know what I mean, and all come yeah. to a democratic decision. But, like, it's so important to see, like, people's thoughts and opinions about stuff because we really get to see a new avenue of the Lord that way. Yeah, and they can yeah. teach us something, even just by them being themselves, because mm-hmm. they are like God designed them to be them mm-hmm. and you to be right. you, and you're not even close to being the same. 
that's totally okay because you're meant to support each other and meant to see the Lord in that way. What's amazing is that the whole Bible points to Jesus. Everything in the word points to him. Everything in the word gives us examples and demonstrates who he is and is this whole like beautiful love story, this big buildup to Jesus coming and coming for us. Mm-hmm. And even like, it's so important for us to not only like read New Testament scriptures, but read Old Testament yeah. and see who he is and see like, wow, like these are the different, um, like, wow, like these are the things that led up to God. And this is talking about Jesus here. And in Isaiah, it says this. And in Romans, it says that. And in Leviticus, praise the Lord, Jesus is in Leviticus, okay? Yes, <laughs> like as hard as some of those laws might be to get through, like he's there, you know, and it's, and I want to, and I, we're going to kind of, I want to kind of, sh- I'm going to shift here in a minute, but like the way, and I've kind of been a little scatterbrained, so I apologize, the Lord's like reminding me of these things. So thanks for bearing with me. Um, but like it, I want to just encourage you to like, look for Jesus, because when you look for him in every situation, you're going to find him. Yeah. You really, really are. Because if we like, he, he's in everything. And if yeah. you want him to be in everything, like you will see him in all of those things. That's Pastor Andrew used to joke that he'd be like, get up in the morning and be like, Lord, what shirt should I wear today? And I did that, but then I realized I stressed myself out too much about it, so I just said, it's okay. I'm just going to pick up my own shirt. I was like, blue or red, Lord, blue or red. And then I'm like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, just put a freaking shirt on and go. It's okay. That's me. I just choose reality. It didn't work for me. I stressed out about it too much. But he is in everything. Like he's in your workplace. He's in your family. And like I'm in. And like if we stop to say, okay, God, how are you? How are you responding? And cultivating that relationship with him and saying, okay, I'm gonna like put him first. I want to have a dialogue with God. It stirs that passion in our hearts up for us to say, okay, I'm gonna like speak to him. And I started to do this when I was like a young manager at Panera. I would like was just stress out about different things. Restaurant industry is hard and get crazy. And I would start to ask the Lord ahead of time what was going to happen for the day. And I'd be like, and I would feel prompted to like do a certain thing first before like the normal thing. Um, and I would be so glad that I did because every time like the Lord would respond to that. Wow. And I was like, I need to, and then the times that I didn't, I regretted it. I remember one day, like, this is like a random story, but like, we're really like, we're really strict about labor, right? You got to monitor a business, running business. And I remember one day I felt like the Lord said, call in a bunch of people. And I was like, I have no reason to call anybody in. And I just felt like the God, God said to start calling people to come into work. And it ended up being one of the busiest days I had ever had as a GM. And I was like, praise God, I listened to him. Like I took a risk and I was like, well, like I'll eat this later and just like, you know, whatever. And it ended up being an insanely busy day. And I needed those people And like God is in everything. He's in your workplace. He wants you to be successful in your job. He wants you to be successful in your friendships. Like, and it was because I had consciously made a practice to talk to the Lord about these things and ask him and like have him like stirring this thing in me that there was this constant relationship with the Lord that like I was able to hear him in those things. Wow. And like, even like, and I think that this is another random tangent. I'm so sorry, but like, it's really important that we learn to listen to God in the simple and quiet moments. So that when it's loud, you know how to hear his voice. And that's really important. And that's kind of one of the things I'm going to talk about a little later. It's really important to hear the Lord in like the still and quiet moments so that when it gets loud and crazy, you know how to find his voice. We have to make a practice of going to him like in the small 
And in like it, it's so important that we make a practice going to him in the small, going to him in, in the medium, going to him when it's quiet, going to him in every single thing. Because the reality is that there's going to come a time in our lifetime that crap's going to hit the fan and, you're, and you're, your automatic response needs to be going to Jesus before yeah. you have anything else. And this was, um, for like for years, I was like, I'm a verbal processor. And so I have um, uh, a friend that like, I would like always want to call people when I was like going through something and they would never answer. And it would always make me so mad that nobody answered the phone. Louis <laughs> there for me. You know, like that whole stuff. And the Lord was like, it's actually because I want you to come to me first. Whoa. I want you to be the first place you run. And so I've had made this practice for years and years that he was the first place I ran when something bad happened. And then one day, one of my really good friends passed away and it smacked me like a freaking truck. And I was like out of nowhere. And the, what is the, well, the first thing I did was I ran to Jesus and asked what happened and why. The first thing I did, and I got met with, I was met with comfort and response and answers because I had trained myself how to hear the voice of God. I had trained myself to respond to him and and be in this relationship where like, I need to hear your voice. And then when it happened and I was like, God, why? God, I don't understand. God, I'm broken. Just comfort me. And I knew exactly what he was saying to me in that comfort moment because I had practiced myself going back to him and that he was my first response. Come on. So I kind of want to shift to talking about where we're at in our passion with Jesus. Because the thing is, is that sometimes I think, or a lot of times, we let something come between us and our passion for him. Whether it be a conscious decision, whether it be an unconscious decision, whether something else is in your God spot or whatever it might be. And I think that sometimes one of the reasons, and I would think this is a big reason, especially right now in our like lifetime, um, is you're worried about what everyone else is going to think if you're super passionate about Jesus. Has anybody ever had a conversation with somebody that loves Jesus so much you almost feel uncomfortable? Has anyone ever been like that? Anyway, <laughs> I have this friend that I worked with when I worked at C28 who, and to this day, this woman loves Jesus more than I think almost anyone I've ever met, and it bleeds through everything that she does, and it used to make me really uncomfortable. And I think it was because I was so uncomfortable with how much she loved Jesus because I was not like, oh, shoot, I don't think I love Jesus enough. And it was a good thing because it challenged me. But I was like, she could care less what anybody thought about her love for Jesus. She did not care about anybody's opinion because she's like, I love Jesus more than anybody and everything. So, like, why do I care if you're a little uncomfortable because I talk about him? Like, and I was like, I want to like, I want to be like that. And sometimes I think our roadblock is other people's opinions. I think our roadblock is for like, I'm worried what someone's going to say if I respond with a praise the Lord, if I respond with a hallelujah, if I say amen, or if I talk about my encounter, whatever it might be. I think we're worried about what everybody else thinks. So I want to share some stories in the Bible about people who did not care what anybody else thought. And they put their love for God first. And then I want to kind of challenge us a little bit. So first is, who else than King David, right? King David was just the bomb. So 2 Samuel 6, 12 to 23. And it says, Now King David was told, The Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of God, the Lord, had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf, wearing a linen ephod, basically in his underwear, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. While he and Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord entered the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing around before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. 
They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And then David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowships offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. That's really cool. Side note, like this is like a little bit off topic. But look at this. He says, then he gave the loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each person in the crowd of Israelites. And then they went home. Like, isn't that cool? Talk about generosity, right? That's amazing. Sorry. Back on track. I just thought that was great. Um, Then it says, when David returned home... When David returned home to bless his household, Michal, daughter of Michael, whatever, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, how the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of slave girls and of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said, yes, seriously. And David said to, to her, it was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me to rule over the Lord's people of Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But these slave girls you spoke of, they will, I will be held in honor. And then she, and then it says she had no children until the day of her death. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to add that in. I had to add that in because I just love how like intense the Old Testament is, and you're just like, oh, I'm glad I live in the New Testament, or in the whatever, in the new whatever, Jesus. So I just love this. David danced in his underwear before the Lord with all of his might, and then he says like it was before the Lord. I really don't care what anybody else thinks. I celebrated before him, and I will become even more undignified than this, and I will humiliate myself in my own eyes for the sake of praising him. That's amazing. Now, I'm not telling anybody to get up and dance in their underwear, but what I am telling you is, are you willing to praise God in a way that looks undignified to everybody else? Yes. Are you willing to get up and praise God the Lord and push yourself beyond a boundary that might make you uncomfortable. That you might be humiliated. That might push you beyond a boundary for the sake of praising the Lord. Is your passion is your is your passion is your passion for testimony and like someone who's heard this if i'm super wrong correct me but like the lord woke him up in the middle of, of the night and he was like manifesting the holy spirit and he was shaking and weeping and it was like and he, in his dreams it was like happening in like public places and he was like put him in a train station or something or an airport or something like that and, and the lord was asking him and he was just in his bed at home and the lord asked him like if this happened in public is it worth it for you to encounter my presence wow. is it worth it for you for your passion and me being more important than anyone else for everyone to look at you and think you look weird now, like, remember, we, like, obviously, like, we want to, like, be respectful of situations and people, like, but, like, are we willing to step outside of our comfort zone? Are we willing to push ourselves for the sake of passion? Yeah. This is one of my personal favorites. It's Mark 5, 21 to 34. 
When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders um, came and he had pleaded earnestly because his daughter was dying. So Jesus and a large crowd are on their way to go um, with this guy whose daughter's dying for Jesus to heal her. Then it says, a woman was there who had been subjected to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all that she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I touch the clothes of Jesus, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? And his disciples were like, you see the people around you. Like, what do you mean who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. He said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. She pushed past every barrier because she knew that Jesus was her answer for healing. She did not care that like there were crowds. She didn't care if it meant she was going to get exposed. She didn't care because she's like, I need him. Yeah. I need him more than I need anything else, and I need his healing. I need his, I just need a touch. And that's what she said. She just literally touched the hem of his garment. And, and you know what? And what I love about this is there's literally, it says there's so many people around him. The disciples are like, what do you mean somebody touched you? You're literally surrounded by people. But it was the intent of her touch. Yeah. Wow. She touched his garment with the intent of needing something from him. Yes. And she was like, her intention was everything. And it wasn't about, like, and she pushed past it. She crawled through the crowd. Mm. In the Jesus film, she literally crawled through the crowd. I don't know if that happened or not, but I like to believe so. It's just to touch the hem of his garment for the sake of getting to him. Mm, yeah. Didn't meant, She was like, I don't care anymore. I have been through everything and back, and I'm going to push past it all just yes. to get a hold of him because I know that that's all that I need. Yeah. Right. Are we willing to push past any of our barriers for the sake of getting more of that passion, mm. getting the healing, getting the encounter we need? Are you willing to push past crowds? Are you willing to push back for the sake of getting to him or getting to where you need to be? And the last story I want to share is Zacchaeus because I love this too. Zacchaeus verse, so Luke 19, one to 10, and it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be in the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything i will pay back for that four times the amount jesus said to him today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of abraham for the son of man came to seek and save the lost is it worth it for you to run to the top of a tree to climb past everybody and forsake the opinion of your coworkers and your and your family and your friends for a passion for jesus that supersedes everything Does your passion for God push you past all of those things? Does your passion and your love for Jesus push you to the place where you would climb to the top of a tree for the sake of looking at him? Zacchaeus did not expect it to be caught out, by the way. He did not know. He literally just said he needed to see who Jesus was. 
So he did whatever he could to see who Jesus wow. was. He did whatever he could to see who Jesus was. Yeah. Do we have a passion that says, I will do whatever it takes to see Jesus here? Mm. When you're in the middle of a hard moment where you feel like you're mad at the Lord, are you, are you, is your passion strong enough to be willing to say, I'm going to push past what the circumstance says to see Jesus here? Are you willing to say, despite what the world says, despite what my perception might be, am I, gonna, am I willing to have enough passion to push past that all to see what God is actually really saying right now? Yeah. Are you willing to push past your own feelings, your emotions, your opinions for the sake of saying, what are you saying, God? Yeah. And my question to us this morning is, is that, is that where your passion's at? Is your passion level there? Maybe, maybe our passion has died out a little bit. Maybe our, our flame is kind of flickered. Maybe we're, maybe we need a fresh one. Maybe you're like, I've never even had that passion before. And maybe there's something blocking it. Mm. But I want to, I want to go through, through a couple quick practicals. Mm. And then I want to, I want you guys to just begin to think like, what is keeping me from stirring a greater passion? Mm. What is keeping me from running to his feet despite what everybody thinks? What is keeping me from running at him to get my healing? What is keeping me from running at him with everything that I have? What is keeping me from stirring this passion? Because the reality is, is that God will do whatever it takes to get to you. Are we willing to do whatever it takes to get to him? Are we willing to lay it down? Are we willing to lay down dreams that we really thought were from the Lord that maybe we, maybe we misinterpreted the intent? Doesn't mean that what God promised you isn't going to happen, but maybe the way you think it's going to happen is not actually what God was saying. Maybe he said, I'm going to give you this nation, but maybe it wasn't the way you think it's going to be. Or maybe he's like, you're going to get married, but that's not, he doesn't mean that right now. Just because that's a promise, you know, like it's okay. Like it's okay if we think that something might be a broken promise because God's a God of restoration. We shouldn't let something like that deter our passion. It should be something that turns us on even more because like, God, I want to have more passion for you. So that I can understand you even more. Yes. What is it that's, that's stopping our passion? And the things that stir us up is the first time is spend time in the word. And that's what I was touching on a lot in the beginning is like spending time getting to know who he really is to us. Yeah. Who he really is to you. Develop a relationship with him by spending time with him. Have conversations with him. Go to him in the needs big and small so that you can begin to hear and learn what his voice sounds like. Even in the small things. Have a community that's going to help stir up and Amen. steward your passion. Amen. Surround yourself with friends and people with the same passion as you, the same dreams as you, the same hopes as you, who are going to stir your passion on in the moments where it begins to wane. Yeah. Because the reality is that's life. Like, it's okay. Like, if you're struggling with your passion and you're feeling like, like gosh, it's, it's run out, I'm low, that's okay because that's why we're here. Like, we are a family, we are a community in this room, and that's why we're here for one another, to help steward and encourage that passion forward. Come on, yeah. We will run with you. We will pick you up, and we will drag you into the finish line. Like, you are surrounded by people in this room who will help you steward and encourage your passion. And if you're like, I just don't even know who Jesus is to me right now, that's totally okay. There is no condemnation. There is no, like, judgment for you, because we will stand with you by your side until you figure that out again. We yeah. will run with you. Come on. You have a community who loves Jesus more than anything else, and we will not let you like miss out on that opportunity. Yeah. We are here for you, and we will. And whatever, whatever pace that needs to be. That's good. And the last thing is, I want to just encourage us to take a minute and ask Him, God, what 
do I need to lay down for the sake of a deeper relationship with you? Is there something that I need to lay down for the sake of having a greater passion for you? Is there a chain that's keeping me from running at you with everything that I have? Um, and maybe if we can like, is there, a, can we hook up a couple of sweet, some sweet tunes of some sort? And I just want us, I just want to encourage you. Sorry guys. We have a few minutes before we've, we've got a few minutes. We're going to start by, we're just going to take a couple minutes and I want you between, just between you and the Lord. And I want you to ask him, God, what, what do I need to do to stir up a greater passion for you? What do I need to do? To run out of it. Is there something blocking you and I? Is it is, is it me? Is it, is it, or is it just that I need to get like a fire lit under me again and go? Yeah. So we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to pray about that. And then I really feel like we're supposed to pray and stir up for each other. We've got about 15 minutes before we have to be down there for lunch. So we're going to take just a couple minutes and then we're going to pray. So we're a little bit like I don't want us to like, we're not going to go back into it because we do need to honor their time for us. Um, but I really want to encourage you that like you don't like... As much as we love those hour longs, God can do it in 10 minutes. Amen. You know, like, how hungry are you, right? Like, are you willing to go after it in those 10 minutes hard? Yeah. Um, so I just want to encourage you right now to just between you and the Lord, say, okay, God, what is it I need to work on? What is it? How can I stir a greater passion in myself? And then in a minute, we'll pray together. So God, I just thank you that right now, all around the room, you're teaching us how to have a better passion for you, how to, how to better stir a passion in our hearts for you. What it might be that's you or whether it's me or, or whether it's a thing. God, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to show us how to break anything that's in between you and I and our passion. God, so won't you come in this room right now? God, you're already here. You're already moving. God, we feel your presence. I thank you, Jesus. I pray that, you're, that we would see, God, why? What is it? Yes. How can we have a greater passion for you, God? How can you be the most important thing in our lives if you're not there? Thank you for listening to the Crux Podcast Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit SummitSanMarcos.com for other exciting content from Summit Church.